Welcome to Biology for Bastards, teaching biology in the most profane way you've ever seen or heard. I'm your host, John Doty. Thanks for listening. Welcome to a very special episode. This one was by request from a listener in Ohio. I got a message today on Twitter. Today. Today. On Twitter, asking if I would do this chapter because they have a fucking test in two days. And leave it to one of the bastards to, you know, expect something that quick because I'll do it. I'm fucking crazy enough where I'm going to do it. Um, This is the most, or let me rephrase that, the least prepared I have ever been for any episode. So this one's just going to be total bullshit. I, um, I got a copy of the PowerPoint that this listener's professor uses. I looked over it. I skimmed through the chapter that it covers to remind myself what the fuck is going on with this shit and i was sitting here and i was like i could do a little bit more studying before i fuck it we're doing it chapter 40 animal form and function what the shit okay let's fucking do it so if you hear a bunch of pages flipping it's because i've got the book in front of me i've got the powerpoint in front of me i've got all this shit that i'm trying to make sense of but i'm doing it for you the listeners animal form and function so it starts off pretty fucking simple where you know you study physiology versus anatomy um anatomy being the biological form and physiology being how it functions so most of this is about physiology so how the fucking thing is actually functioning and most of that is how is it functioning in an attempt to maintain homeostasis. So we've got some of the PowerPoint, which I'm not posting because it's it's not mine, but I'm going to use it to kind of guide what the fuck I'm talking about or try to. So one of the things says that, you know, studying animal physiology balances the principles of the diversity of organisms. And then also that from that diversity emerges general principles. So it's basically, if you study the physiology, you will see how different shit is, but also how similar shit is at the same time that it's different. First page, done. There's like 16 pages of this fucking PowerPoint. One is done. 15 to go. So, a couple examples from the book talking about that, you know, how they're the same properties we're studying different animals will show that they're very similar talks about the um the shape of a bunch of sea critters as they swim real fast uh i can't remember the actual term of tapered at both ends but you'll see that where they're streamlined because any sort of bump is going to slow them down so you look at dolphins and whales and sharks and fish and penguins and otters and all that fucking shit. They all look the same. Um, I'm looking for that. Fusiform. That's it. Torpedo shaped, essentially. Tapered at both ends. So we see those similarities and that also kind of shows that natural selection is pushing them towards the same general quote-unquote answer to the same fucking problem. How do you swim fast in the water? Page two, done. Page three, slide. There's just pictures. Done. Okay. Um, 
This is fun. Um, next one is how form is connected to function. And this is all about maintaining homeostasis. So we all know that homeostasis is maintaining this stable internal environment. And there's a fucking complicated as hell chart um, in this PowerPoint where it says or organisms maintain homeostasis. And it's like all sorts of pathways. I have no clue what the fuck it's trying to show. Page done. Next. So we have all these organisms living in their environment, dealing with various stimuli, having to respond to it in an attempt to maintain homeostasis. Because when you are dealing with shit, you are not at equilibrium. Whether it's a temperature or, you know, the amount of nutrients you have, or if you're a sea critter, the concentration of the shit around you. There's all this stuff going on. It requires energy, and most of the time, things are going to be controlled by negative feedback. And what that is, it's a system, or it's a series of responses, that will turn off, or dampen, or reduce the stimulus that you're feeling. Page done. So, the, I just love that you can hear the paper hitting the door behind me and then bouncing off of the floor. It's great. It's fucking great. So, the book uses an example of heating a room or really getting the temperature in the room at a certain uh, temperature, 20 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like 68 Fahrenheit, um, slightly cooler than room temp. So, they're being very eco-friendly if it's, you know, winter but you have the thermostat set on a certain temperature and when it gets too cold, it senses it and it kicks on the heater. And it heats up until it gets warm enough and then it kicks it off. And then if it gets too high, um, it, yeah, turns it off and then temperature in the room decreases until it gets too cold and it kicks back on. So. It's a series of checking against this, what's known as a set point. So that's what the thermostat is set on. It's actually in life, it's a range, it's a set range. So that's like if you have like eco-friendly mode where if it's set on 20, it's not gonna kick on until it gets below 19. It'll heat up till it's 21 and then turn off. So it's a range. So it's not constantly kicking on and off all this time. Um, but that's negative feedback. You have a signal and then things happen to dampen that stimulus. So it's like sweating to cool you off. The stimulus is your body temperature is getting high. You do all the stuff that makes you sweat. It lowers that stimulus. It cools your body down. Next up, I'll mention positive feedback that's not really used in maintaining homeostasis because it's amplifying the signal. You get a signal, it makes it more, and then it makes it more, and then it makes it more, and makes it more, and makes it more. So it's not really used in maintaining homeostasis. Oh shit, on this next slide, talks about sweating. Already talked about that. Next. Okay, what the fuck does this say? Homeostatic regulation involves the interaction of physiology, physiology, fuck, with behavior. Okay, we can talk about that. So, there are ways 
that your behavior can interact with your physiology to accomplish certain things. Um, shivering, for example, if you're too cold, you get a signal you're cold, you start shivering, and that behavior increases your body temperature, warms you up, and you can stop shivering. And it's got a picture of some penguins, some emperor penguins, 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 emperors, seabirds. Are they seabirds? They live on, what the fuck ever. You know what I'm talking about. The ones from Happy Feet and March of the Penguins. Um, it says homeostasis can be a group effort because it shows them huddling around, blocking the wind, keeping the inside ones warm, while the outside ones are fucking taking the cold-ass wind, and they circle around, they change positions, all in an attempt to maintain a stable body temperature. Page done. Temperature affects biology. No fucking shit. Okay, that's a pointless slide. Hopefully there was supposed to be more on that, because that's a pointless fucking slide. Okay, um, chemical reaction rates are sensitive to temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with biology, and that's what the next couple of slides. So we got two pages here. Um, talking about temperature and how things work with temperature. But, um, yeah, they're going to work best for the temperature that that organism typically lives in. Typically, the hotter something gets, um, the faster the reaction is going to be up to a certain point until the, um, if it's an inorganic catalyst, you're fine, or inorganic reactants, you're fine. It's just going to keep going. But with life, um, it's going to work at an optimal temperature for that organism. So our human enzymes, they are enzymes, they're proteins, they work best at body temperature. No fucking shit. Um, because that's what they're used to working at. If it gets too hot, the proteins start to denature and they break down and they don't work as well. And if it gets too cold, it's too sluggish, it's not working that great. And if we compare that to a thermophile, something that loves the heat, their enzymes are going to work at a much higher temperature than ours because they live in super fucking hot shit. Done. We are tearing through this. Hopefully this is helping you. I can't remember your name from Ohio. I remember you're at Wright State. So go Wright State Wrights or whatever the fuck your mascot is. Um, are they named after the Wright brothers? Maybe. Vaguely remember that. I almost went to med school there. But that's a different story for a different time. Um, we're getting through this so I can go get a drink. Because I deserve it. Sometimes you got to do what you deserve. So, next slide. Some animals regulate relatively constant body temperature using metabolism as a source of heat. So this brings us to temperature regulators, temperature conformers, endothermic and ectothermic. So, a regulator is something that uses internal mechanisms to control internal change in the face of external fluctuation. So basically it's using its own shit to deal with shit changing on the outside and a conformer allows its internal condition to change with changes to the outside. So that's a lot like endothermic versus ectothermic organisms. Um, so a temperature regulator like 
the river otter in this lovely example from this graph is a temperature regulator because it is endothermic. It lets metabolism heat itself up while the largemouth bass is a conformer because it gets most of its energy, uh, most of its heat energy from external sources. And then there's something, there's some graph there that doesn't make any fucking sense. Next, let's see, in other animals, body temperature depends on heat exchange with the environment. That's the ectotherms. Um, well, actually, that's your um, poikilotherms. Poikilotherms? I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, things that body temperature varies with the environment um, as opposed to a homeotherm that has a relatively stable body temperature. Okay, so poikilotherm, its body temperature is going to vary with the environment. Um, typically, you think of like the poikilotherms being ectothermic and the homeotherms being endothermic, but they're not really, they don't go together. They just happen to be correlated with each other a whole bunch. So there's that fucking shit. Next up, ectotherms can still regulate body temperature to varying extents using behavior. So, they get most of their heat from the environment, but just like I talked about, the shivering and everything could raise the body temperature. Um, bees are ectothermic, and they can cool off during the summer by basically turning the hive into a little fan and everybody beating their wings and um, increasing the air circulation. So, that's regulating their body temperature using behavior. It's just not the same as an endotherm doing its shit. Here's another fucking obvious slide. Organisms can vary widely in body size. No, this doesn't even say can vary widely. I just added that to make it a little more not fucking crazy. It says organisms vary widely in body size. Next, animals of different size may have body forms that are similar or that are different. Well, that's fucking news to me. You can either be the same or be fucking different. Next. Okay. Comparing things. We're almost done. We got two slides. Dope. We are tearing this up. This is going to be a quick one for you. I'm just going to call you Ohio. For you, Miss Ohio. So, talking about body size and metabolic rate. So, the bigger the animal the bigger the metabolic rate is going to be. And the metabolic rate is just how much energy the animal uses in a unit of time. So usually you refer to, you know, measure it by the day because a day is a good, you know, sunrise, sunset, sunrise again. It's fairly easy to tell what a fucking day is. Um, getting worked up a little bit. Calm down. Ooh. Hey, so bigger animal has more body mass needs more chemical energy, needs more calories, has a higher metabolic rate. And there's a fairly stable relationship between body mass and what's known as the basal metabolic rate. That's just how many calories do you need to stay fucking alive. Just like maintaining at rest, laying on the couch all day, not doing shit. That's your basal metabolic rate. And for the average human, it's anywhere from like 1,500 to 2,000 calories a day in that ballpark. Not exact, but just go fucking with it. It's not a 
this isn't a, like a human nutrition class. It's a fucking bonus episode about animal form and function for Miss Ohio. Or Mrs. Ohio. I shouldn't assume. And I shouldn't assume you like to be called Miss or Mrs. I'm so sorry. Ohio. Okay. Anyways, I digress. So, bigger the animal, the more calories it needs to stay alive. And there's that linear relationship between body mass and basal metabolic rate. Now, what's interesting is if you compare it to per unit of body mass, a smaller animal has a higher metabolic rate. So if you're looking at it as a whole, on the last page, looking at it as a whole, the bigger animal obviously needs more calories, has a higher metabolic rate. But if you measure it per unit of body mass, it's the opposite, where really small things have a higher, higher metabolic rate per gram of body mass or per kilo or whatever, per whatever fucking unit of mass you want to use, um, the smaller animal will have a higher breathing rate, higher blood volume relative to its size, higher heart rate, um, and therefore will need far more food per unit of body mass than, you know, a large animal. So in the book, because last slide is done, in the book, it uses a mouse and an elephant. It says a mouse requires 20 times as many calories um, per gram of mouse than an elephant does. But obviously, a fucking elephant is going to eat a shit ton more than a mouse. Um, but per unit of mass, the smaller animal is going to need more. So, that's it. That's all I got prepared. Book done. Book closed. Book on the floor. It was on a pillow. That's why it wasn't a loud thud. But um, that's this episode. So hopefully it helped. Person in Ohio who asked for it. Um, I'll use this time as a bunch of stuff to say um, the website is looking good. Season one is officially done. I'm working hard on season two shit. Um, we've got a shit ton of merch that's new. You want shirts? We got it. You want a hat? We got it. You want a fucking coffee mug so you can support Biology of Bastards at work or school? We got that. Uh, we got hoodies. And I think that's going to be it for a while. Um, we got a couple different designs. We have censored and uncensored censored and uncensored versions of our shit. Um, I really like you guys to buy it. Makes me feel happy. Makes me feel good. I've got it like one of every shirt already because that's me and a hat because um, I'm just repping my own brand like that guy. Uh, and I've got to say, they are really nice. They are, to be honest, nicer than I expected. Um, and I'm just trying to get it out there. I've got the prices pretty low. Um, everything's on sale right now just as a result of having shit to sell. Um, so it's not really about making the money. It's about just... Spread in the word. Get people listening so they can binge the shit out of season one before season two happens. Um, so with that being said, keep spreading the word. Keep enjoying it. Keep listening. Um, you can go back and listen to stuff and make me feel happy about things. Um, the remediation episodes are going to keep coming out for another month or two. Um, maybe three even. Um, leading up to the AP exam for those of you in high school. 
you shouldn't be listening to shit like this because you're children. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap it up. So our intro and outro music is the song Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. Um, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, etc. All that shit. And I've been your host, John Doty. And until next time, thanks for listening. So you may have just heard an ad, but I can't end with an ad. So just wanted to say, follow us on Twitter at Bio4Bastards. Um, our intro and outro music is Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, tell everybody you know about it. And again, thanks for listening.